Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Matt Sorensen. Matt is the best-selling author of the Self-Directed IRA Handbook that has sold over 40,000 copies. CEO of Directed IRA, Matt led the trust company to 1 billion assets under administration in three years. Matt is also the senior partner at KKOS Lawyers. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Yeah, so basically my shtick is using IRAs and 401ks to invest in real estate and other alternative assets. That's what we're doing every day at Directed IRA, where, as you mentioned, we had over, we're actually almost at a 1.5 billion now. <laughs> we're going fast, but what we're helping people do, and this is what I did as a lawyer, what I still do a little bit as a lawyer, but we're doing in our trust company, is helping clients use their IRAs or 401ks to invest in assets they know, love, and enjoy like real estate. A lot of people are burnt out on the stock market or have way too much in the stock market. So they want to invest in real estate or small businesses or private funds and all these different options that are available. So that's mostly what I'm doing. That's my shtick. That's what I'm good at. You know, outside of that, I mean, I'm just a regular dude, you know, that's, <laughs> you know my NCAA bracket's terrible. I'm married to an amazing woman and got three kids, two stepkids, just, you know, regular family guy. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on. I know our operations person has recommended your company to many of our investors. We've worked with other IRA companies before. And to be honest, some of them <laughs> just, you know, it doesn't go well. And she's like, this company does it really smoothly. And I'm not getting paid for this, but uh, yeah, appreciate you know, this. yeah, keep going, yeah. Gary, keep going. <laughs> this is not a paid advertisement, but she's spoken very, very highly. And so, you know, when investors come in and they don't know who to choose, she, yeah. you know, she recommends, you know, your company. So yeah, I'm pretty I, excited to talk to you. Yeah, we appreciate that. And one of the things about self-directing, particularly if someone's new to it, or maybe you've heard about it, but actually haven't done it, it can be clunky. And as an attorney, you know, I was doing this since 2006. I wrote the number one book. I was speaking to all the companies. I was outside counsel for a lot of the companies that are now competitors. And I was referring five people a day sometimes to these companies and they got terrible service. And I was having to answer all their questions. I'm like, you paid them for the account. So that's one of the reasons I started it is because it was hard for my own clients to get the services I thought they deserved and they should get out of their custodian. So we're trying to do a little different, be a little more hands-on, make sure our team has the expertise. And it's like anything, you know, you just got to execute. You just got to follow through and execute. So that's what we're trying to do. And I'll just say this, we actually just hit 500 five-star reviews on Google yesterday. So we really care to deliver that five-star type experience to our clients. So that's thanks for me. Put a little uh, commercial in there. 
<laughs> well, let's talk about raising money for real estate deals with IRAs. Obviously, it's harder than ever now to raise. So tapping into that $30 trillion in U.S. retirement accounts is, is huge. Isn't a lot of that percentage kind of like trapped in a person's 401k with limited options? Some of it is, but actually not most. So of that $30 trillion, the largest chunk now in this I think it happened about two years ago. The largest chunk is actually IRAs. Hmm. I think a lot of people are blown away by that, but most of those IRAs are not people that started an IRA with $0 and put 6,000, 6,500 bucks in a year. They're people that had a 401k that rolled it out, right? People are changing jobs every five years on average. And so they're rolling out these 401ks into IRAs. So the typical customer that sets up an account with us, you know, has an IRA. It's typically funded from a prior employer 401k, or it's already an IRA at TD Ameritrade. So for someone raising capital, I mean, let's say half of that money is at play of that 30 trillion, that's $15 trillion. I always tell people there's more money in retirement accounts than anywhere else that can be invested in your dealer company. Like, why are you talking to someone about their regular cash? If you just think of like 10 people that you randomly talk to about investing in something with you, where do you think they have 50 grand that they're willing to invest and let be invested for a while? Right. A real estate deal, an alternative asset type investment is not something you can just pull out easily in six months because you want to buy a new car. Right. People think of their IRA and 401k as long-term money too. So it's a great place, I think, for those raising capital to tap because the money's there. People have a long-term outlook on it too. They're willing to tie it up in a real estate deal or a fund or a note or whatever it may be for longer than a year. They're cool going five to seven years. And and I think there's also a big appetite for it because there's so many people that didn't even know they could do this. Like you blow their mind that they're like, wait, I can do this. And so I think there's a lot of wins to be there. It's a really underutilized tool. Absolutely. I totally agree. When I started out in this business, I was investing my IRA money into other syndications as well. I needed that cash. So I just used that money, you know, that play money. Yeah, exactly. So besides leaving a job, is there any other way for someone to untap that money locked into their account or no, they just need to wait? Yeah. So obviously if you're already in an IRA now, you've already rolled over to an IRA, you're at TD Ameritrade or Fidelity, like it's cool. You can self-direct and invest in real estate. The first step is you need to leave Fidelity or TD Ameritrade, right? If you call it Fidelity and someone says, Hey, I want to invest my IRA in XYZ LLC, you know, they're going to be like, you can't do it. Or I'm like, I want to buy the duplex down the street. They're like, you can't do it. It's not because IRAs can't do it. It's because Fidelity and TD Ameritrade IRAs can't do it. So you got to move your IRA over to a custodian like directed IRA where we'll let you invest in real estate or a private fund or whatever you're into. So the people that are already in an IRA, they're easy, right? You got a SEP IRA at Fidelity. We just do a SEP IRA at directed IRA. You got a Roth IRA at TD Ameritrade. We do a Roth IRA at directed IRA. The 401k ones are where it's a little clunky. So if it's an old employer 401k, they can always move that money. They don't work there anymore. They've got a 401k at Vanguard. They can roll that over to directed IRA. And then it's in an IRA account. Now let's say it's a current job though. They still work there. There's kind of an A and B to that. 401k, you still work there. It, let's say it's at the Dunder Mifflin 401k, all right? And let's say, let's talk Jim and working at Dunder Mifflin. He's got the Dunder Mifflin 401k, right? He's stuck, okay? He's not 59 and a half yet. He's not retirement plan age. He's 30, 40, whatever his age was on, through on the show. He's stuck. Now, when he leaves, 
he can roll it out. And in the show, he remember, he didn't leave for a while, <laughs> so he could have rolled it out. Now, if you think of Meredith or Creed in the show, over 59 and a half, hopefully you've seen the show office, those listening, you're following me here. <laughs> They work at Dunder Mifflin. They got the Dunder Mifflin 401k, right? They went to Toby. They enrolled in the 401k, but they're over 59 and a half. Even though they still work there, they can roll the money out. So they can roll the money out to an IRA wherever they want. It's just sometimes in most companies' 401k plans, the same thing if you work for a government, whether state, county, federal, it's a 403b or thrift savings plan. While you're still working there, your money's locked up. But once you hit retirement plan age 59 and a half, and in some plans it's 55, or you leave, you're free to go roll that money to wherever you want to go. Yeah. And I know there are a couple of very minor drawbacks of investing through your IRAs. You don't get to take advantage of the depreciation, but of course, it's a tax-deferred account anyway. And there's a small UBIT tax, unrelated business income on the leverage. But is there any other drawbacks someone needs to be aware of? Yeah. I mean, I think... There's always two issues to look at, and that is UDFI that you mentioned, and then prohibited transactions. If you're investing your money into other people's private deals or funds, you don't need to worry about prohibited transactions. But some clients of ours are like the deal maker themselves, and they want to use their IRA in it. And it's like, all right, I got this property that I've been rehabbing in my own company, and I want my IRA to buy it as a rental. Well, that doesn't work. Or I want my IRA to buy this property and then my construction company is going to come do the rehab. That doesn't work. The IRS has certain rules that restrict you personally from transacting with your IRA. They just don't trust you from buying or selling or transacting money back and forth with you personally or your own companies in your IRA. That includes your spouse, your kids, your parents. They're on this kind of like prohibited restricted list. So for some people that are kind of doing deals themselves with their IRA, not investing in someone else's fund or deals. They need to know the privileged transaction rules. That's my book you mentioned. I got like five chapters on privileged transaction rules and cases on that. If you're investing in a fund, let's say, and that's very common, one of the most common investments, someone investing in a private real estate fund, for example, the only thing you got to worry about there is UDFI. It's a version of UBIT where if there's debt, there's a pass-through tax that happens on the debt. It's a very low rate. It's lower than what you pay tax on personally. Even when the property sold, it's capital gain rates, but it's only on a percent of the debt involved. So it's lower than what you'd pay tax on personally. But it is something to know and understand, not something we could dig in fully here. And I'd be nervous that someone would careen off the side of the road if they're listening to this podcast in their car if I got into it. But I got a chapter in my book on it. We got webinars on it for those who want to read up on it. But I think for most investors, what they need to be looking at though with their IRA money is just overall return. At the end of the day, you would just want the biggest retirement account possible. So when you hit that magic age, whenever it is you want to retire at, you have the biggest account possible to draw from. So most of clients here, you know, and we're not advising them or anything, but I think people that have been successful here is they're chasing the best return. They're trying to look for the best opportunities, find the best deals, find the best operators. They're investing in other funds. And and that's how they're trying to grow their account, whether it's cash flow or appreciation or whatever the strategy is. They're really focused on the overall return and the investment opportunities in front of them. I also want to talk about different IRA accounts. So there's the Roth, and I've heard you know QRP, but isn't a QRP already an, an IRA anyway? But it qualifies, yeah. you know. QRP um, is the most misunderstood thing because it's an acronym some guy made up that makes no yeah. sense. 
I have to say, we dig into those all the time and there's always problems. I had a good experience with them. Not to talk bad about anybody, but that's been my experience. The QRP is a solo 401k. It's designed for an employee only and where you're owner employee and you're basically doing a solo 401k. Now we do solo 401ks all day long. It's a great strategy for anyone self-employed with no employees. So if you're self-employed with no employees, a solo 401k is awesome because a lot of self-employed people, and just take like the real estate agent, you know, self-employed, the brokerage doesn't have a 401k plan for them. They've never been saving. They're making good money. They've been doing it for a while. They know what they're doing. A solo 401k is awesome for them because it's a 401k for them. And it's just for them. They don't have to worry about a whole complex plan for all their employees. They're self-employed. That's just them. And they can put over 60 grand a year into that rather than just like 6,000 a year into an IRA. It's actually 6,500 now for 2023. So the solo K is an awesome option. I really recommend anyone who's self-employed with no employees. I don't care what you do to look into that. Even if you have a day job with a 401k at work, you can still do a solo K if you've got a side hustle. And we do that quite a bit. Like think of Dwight Schrute from the office. Okay. Right. Dwight participates in the 401k at Dunder Mifflin, but he also has Shroot Farms on the side. You know, he's selling his beet juice and doing weddings or whatever he's doing. And right, that he could set up a solo K and be contributing to that and self-directing it in his side hustle. That's a really big aha moment, I think, for investors too, because they, you know, they'll sometimes set an investing entity to invest in deals. Is that considered like you know, side business or not because it's more passive or? Yeah. Great question. That's one of the things that gets screwed up the most actually. So I'm glad you <laughs> asked it is with you're self-employed and I gave like the example of Dwight Schrute, Schrute Farms or real estate agent, right? These are people selling goods and services. That's the type of business you have to have to qualify for setting up a solo 401k. If you have investment income, that's not self-employment. You're not paying self-employment tax on the income. So like rental income, let's say you're doing lending interest income or points, that's all investment income on your tax return. The key being you're not paying self-employment tax, which we love that, you know, that saves me 15.3% on that income. That's why rental income and all that's nice, but, but it doesn't qualify to set up a solo 401k. Now we do sometimes, we call it a side door solo 401k strategy where because sometimes we do have clients that have five, 10 rental properties. So they got quite a big little investment portfolio and managing those properties in itself is a business. And even if they got property managers, managing the property managers is a business. And so sometimes we set up a management company for them solely for the purpose to push a little income over to it. We expense it from the rental properties, push them income over management company only to contribute and justify a solo 401k. We never, I just say as a tax lawyer, that's what I've been by trade, never use a management company strategy like that unless you're trying to justify like a 401k. But sometimes there's a strategy to find a solo 401k for someone that does have quite a bit of real estate assets that they have to manage. So it's an option. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the book. Uh, who yeah. is that book for? You know, I, I in the subtitle to the book, it says for self-directed investors and their advisors, because, you know, I've probably done 10,000 consults over my career with someone on self-directed, using a self-directed retirement account. It got to be probably five to 10,000, somewhere in that range. And what I found was there was no good book or resource where someone has really dived into it and done the hard work. Like I have 150 citations in my book to cases 
tax code sections, revenue rulings. Like I'm an attorney. I speak in this area. I do continuing education for other lawyers in this area. I just had an article published in the California Lawyers Association business section on self-directed IRAs. Like, like in this thing, like I'm the guy, it's like, it's resource. What I found when I looked into it as an attorney back in 2006 was a bunch of people with fluff. You could do this. You could do that. Honestly, half of them had bad information. And then when they got to all the hard questions about, well, how do I actually do it? They're like, go consult with your attorney or CPA. I couldn't find one. I was like, where's one? I want to go find one that could tell me how to do this. And so I knew there's opportunity where the book was needed. I mean, I've sold 40,000 copies of the book. It's been really popular. Even my competitors, the other IRA, self-directed IRA companies buy my book in bulk to train their staff. The NAS Association in the field uses my book too as part of a certification program. So it's a good book for someone that really wants to dive into the topic. And I always get asked, like, even like my friends or family are like, Matt, you wrote a book. Should I buy your book? I'm like, are you interested in self-directing your retirement account? No, don't buy my book. You'll hate it. It's kind of like the best book on karate. If you're into karate and you're trying to learn karate, the best book on karate is amazing. But if you're not into karate, it sucks. You're zero interest because that's zero application to you. So if you're raising capital, wanting to invest your own money into self-directed investments, the book is super helpful. I feel, I mean, it's obviously a little promotional, but but I spent a lot of time and work into it. So hopefully it is a resource for those. And it's only 20 bucks. You know, you don't have to go, you can hire the lawyers and stuff, and you might need that if you're doing complex things, but it's meant to really answer all the questions. Awesome. Where can someone find this book? So you go to mattsorensen.com, M-A-T-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.com, or it's on Amazon too. Pretty easy to find. All right. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Matt, and talking everything about IRAs, I know we have a ton of investors that use them to invest in our deals, and we'd love to untap a lot more of that $30 trillion out there. So thanks for coming on, sharing your wisdom. You mentioned your website anywhere else where you know, your other companies? Yeah, I think Directed IRA is the best place to go with more resources on self-directing. So that's our company where we're setting up accounts, and you could book a call with one of our new client advisors. You can book it right at directedira.com. Or if you kind of need more of a relationship, you're a professional, you're raising capital, you want to work with our business development team, you can connect there and there's appointments you can schedule with that team. So love to help you get over to directedira.com. We got our podcast, our webinars, lots of resources to help people learn on this topic. And then we're here, of course, as a resource for anyone that needs accounts. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. To all of our listeners, Thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.